Hello and welcome to the Professional Motor Mechanic Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Nee, editor of Professional Motor Mechanic magazine. The current issue of PMM has got some really great stuff in it, including a look at the role of sensors within a car from NGK, an in-depth roundup of Autel's latest TPMS equipment, and a diagnostic rundown courtesy of the Opus IVS 360 team. We're giving you a chance to get your hands on one of those Autel products, by the way, so make sure you have a look. And don't forget, we are currently running a competition on our website for one lucky technician to win a GYS induction heater. That's live all this month. This episode, we'll take a look at the thorny issue of how you put a price on the work you do. Are you pricing your jobs correctly? We'll start with some local garages. We try to explain to people how we cost the job up, what it's entailed in doing it. And we have some top tips to follow when pricing jobs. Trade rate discounts. Don't give them. As a garage, that is what we sell, our labour. We're also heading pitside to Santa Pod Raceway to speak to Nick Good of NG Motorsport, who are sponsored by Lucas Oil. But before I take you to meet these guys, I'd like to pass you over to Deputy Editor Freya Coleman for this month's news. Over to you, Freya. Thanks, Kieran, and hello to our listeners. I'm Freya, PMM's Deputy Editor and News Editor for the Professional Motor Mechanic Podcast. Let's get straight into the news. Ben, the automotive industry charity, is proud to announce the nationwide launch of Benwell. This is their new wellbeing platform developed specifically for the automotive industry in partnership with Wellonomics. Underpinning Benwell is a web portal which automotive businesses can use to take the emotional and physical temperament of their team, enabling companies to better support their employees with their well-being. Each month, employees spend less than 10 minutes answering questions across six key personal well-being areas and five management areas. Once completed, their personal dashboard gives a real-time view of their well-being and offers tailored support and guidance from experts in each area, accessed via mobile, tablet or desktop. Thanks to bookmygarage.com, Drivers are now able to compare instant local prices and book a service specifically for their electric vehicle. The new service enables drivers to compare a range of prices, but also choose a garage that is suitably qualified to work on EVs. Alongside the latest EV servicing comparison compatibility, BookMyGarage.com has also launched an EV content hub on their website. The hub comprises a series of user-friendly guides on EV ownership. Finally, just a date for your diary. The next mechanic show for professional motor mechanics is set to take place on both Tuesday the 8th and Wednesday the 9th of November 2022 at Sandown Park in Surrey. There's a free seminar program and lots of products to explore. Exhibitors so far include Varta, Deco, Continental and Autowave, among others. And that's the news from PMM this month. Before I pass you back to Kieran, our digital editor Kelly wants to have a quick word. Thanks Freya. Hi everyone, I'm Kelly. I just wanted to jump in quickly to say that if you do want to view some of our more technical content, but you live outside the UK, don't worry, you can read the digital version on www.pmmonline.co.uk, which is where you'll also find our daily news stories. It's also where you can sign up to our weekly newsletter. That's the beauty of digital, it's borderless. Pricing right 
and pricing well isn't always easy for garages. It's a challenge, and we know that because, well, you've told us. In the next 20 minutes, we'll be talking to John Douglas from the Independent Garage Association, that's the IGA to you and me, about how effective communication is essential for accurate pricing. And to Tina Drayton, Operations Manager at CCM Garages in Surrey, who has a couple of really useful tips for you. But before I take you to meet John and Tina, come along with me and let's visit a couple of garages in Walthamstow. Let's see what they have to say on the topic. My name's Jeff and I work at Grove Motors, Walthamstow, East London. We've been hearing from a few members of the public getting services done and getting general repairs. It's just too expensive. So how does that make you feel when you hear that? When you compare us against main dealer prices, I think we work out probably half or less than half in what they're charging per hour. Basically, the parts are more or less the same as what they're fitting to their vehicles. It's not just parts that come into it. What else goes into the cost side for you? Obviously, the training of my staff, the tools, technology to get into the later type vehicles. It's endless because it goes on and on, constantly updating things on vehicles like air conditioning and use and things like that. It's getting more and more difficult. So would you say if a customer was to turn around to you and say, no, that costs too much, has that happened before? Obviously, we try to explain to people how we cost the job up, what it's entailed in doing it. And at the end of the day, the customer makes his decision where he wants to take the vehicle to get it repaired, if he wants to get it repaired. We just go from there, really. What's usually the reaction? Are they often quite understanding? Some are not. Some go away and then... Before you know where you are, a day or so, they're back again with their towels between their legs and they accept our price. At the end of the day, you only get what you pay for. And obviously, we are middle of the range, I should think, price-wise. We try to do our best for local community, really, because we're not going to disappear. So if there's a problem, they would always come back to us. When you take into account everything you have to pay for the parts and for training and for labour rates, do you think you could actually stand to charge more? In the motor industry, you've got people like QuickFit and obviously the dealers, and there's quite a lot of other garages in the area, we can only charge what we feel we can actually command, really. So the competition is a big element of it? Of course, always. I'm Bob Rollins. I work for Warmstow Village Garage. Cars have got to be maintained, and nowadays we have so many expensive overheads. We try and keep the prices down as much as we can, but obviously at the end of the day, it's got to be passed on to consumers. What are some of the overheads and the things you have to pay for on an ongoing basis? To start with, you've got a building, so you have to pay rent, rates, water bills, electric bills, maintenance on all the plant and machinery. Yeah, it just doesn't end and everything's going up all the time. So we haven't put our prices really up labour-wise, but the parts just go up and up. So obviously it has to be offset onto customers. And in terms of the labour? that side of it do you have to take into account things like training and the experience of the staff years and years of experience you're paying if you're a doctor you do so many years training if you're a mechanic you do so many years training solicitors we don't charge anywhere near like a solicitor or a doctor but we're still mending cars when you're pricing jobs are you thinking about the garage down the road that you have to compete with there's a sort of average labor price in london that you get an idea what it is and obviously we're cheaper than any main dealers and we're maybe not as cheap as some under the railway arches our overheads are going to be different obviously main dealers they have to charge that much more because they're big and their expenses are more than ours but nothing we're fair really for what it is 
Do you think, if anything, you should actually be charging more? None of us are driving around Bentleys, yeah. Jeff and Bob have just made some really important and useful points. Independent garages are competing with the likes of Halfords and Quickfit, whilst also trying to operate as sustainable businesses in their own right and serving the community at the same time. I really enjoyed Bob's point that independent garage owners aren't knocking about in Bentleys and Rolls Royces. As anyone who listened to our first episode knows, and if you haven't, make sure you do, I drive a bike. Now, I'd like to know, what are you driving about in these days? Have you gone electric yet? We'd like to know. Send us an email telling us what you drive and any other thoughts you have on the podcast, of course, to pmm at hamerville.co.uk. Okay, now it's time to speak to John Douglas, Membership Services Manager for the Independent Garage Association. We talked to John about the pricing around MOTs and consumer perception. John presents strong arguments, which good garages, like yours, can share with your customers. It might be worth grabbing a pen and paper so you can have these arguments to hand next time a customer objects to the price of the job. Okay, I'm taking you into the interview at a point where I'm throwing a rather weighty stat at John. I did read recently a piece of news that's just come out. 84% of the public back moving to the two-year MOT. They would like cheaper garages. They would like cheaper work on their car. What do you have to say to that? Okay, so first of all, in relation to the proposals to change the frequency of MOTs, we believe that will have a fundamental impact on road safety. Currently, 30% of vehicles do not pass the MOT when they're presented for the first time. And the issue there, of course, is if we extend the period of time by which that they can carry on driving until their next MOT, there's 30% of cars driving around in that first year that have safety-related issues that should have been picked up. So obviously, from a road safety point of view, we're concerned about that, and that's our position. It's potentially a fallacy that it's going to save the consumer money because quite often with the issues that crop up and are identified during the course of an MOT, or for that matter, normal maintenance, the servicing side of things, Prevention is always better than a cure, isn't it? So when those things are defied, it can often lead to a repair that reduces the overall cost rather than waiting until the repair becomes greater and more costly to fix. MOTs being conducted as they are at the moment. It gives us one of the safest roads, not only I understand in Europe, but also the world. Is there an argument for cutting costs on car repairs? Sometimes they do rack up. The drawback with cutting costs is that you're actually in control of a lethal weapon. You're driving something that's not only are the people within that vehicle, their safety is affected by, but equally those around you. So that would seem slightly challenging to put cost above everything in that. But you've got to understand, and I and we fully understand, that everybody is feeling the squeeze and everybody is looking for a way to cut back on cost. I think we should be very careful about pressing for for cutting costs on something that could have such safety implications. There is a perception among the public, whether rightly or wrongly, that beyond the cost of safety, that there is an element of being ripped off and that some garages, if not all, are pricing their jobs way too high. Obviously, with the technology on cars nowadays, they are a very technical machine. Therefore, there are significant costs 
incurred on the garage to have the correct and appropriate equipment to work on that vehicle, to access the information that is required to be able to work on that vehicle, and to train the staff that are working on that vehicle to an appropriate level. So all those things have significant cost, and the more technical things become, the greater layers of cost there are in approaching that. The other thing that strikes me in that respect is, of course, in terms of maintaining your vehicle, there is a whole plethora of different organizations and operations that people can approach from the dealer network garages. But as they even go into the independent sector, there's a whole range of different organizations that can provide that service. The choice is theirs and the choice is vast. Do you think that workshops should be charging more for the work they do on customers' cars? I think workshops need to be, because you're putting workshops into one bracket there, Kieran, and lots of different garages have a different perspective on how they go about their business. What they should do is be structured in how they prepare and plan quotation or even an estimate for a customer, because certain complex jobs, it would be incorrect for the starting point to be a quotation. Because that point, we perhaps don't know the extent of the work that's got to be carried out. But to give the customer reassurance at that point, the right thing to have is good communication. Should they be charging more? They should understand how much their costs are to deliver the kind of work that they intend to deliver to meet the expectation of the customer. And that needs to be a very pricing process so that if they are called to task, they can explain that pricing structure and how they came to the price they gave. It's going to be quite hard for some garages though, won't it, to explain to their customers why they can't give initial estimate. That'd be quite a new way of doing things. An initial estimate is absolutely correct. And having done this for 30 years of my life, it's not difficult to do. It's about talking to the customer at the very outset and explaining the journey that we have to go through. And the garage has to do some investigation work and helping them to understand what that initial journey looks like. And the other thing, of course, is perhaps put a threshold in place so that the customer knows that beyond that threshold of cost, There will be further communication to authorise more funds. In actual fact, Kieran, it's a very sensible and easy to manage process. Would you say it's about managing expectations? 100%. Don't manage it at the end. Manage it from the beginning onwards. (laughs) We want to give them all the tools that they can possibly have to communicate with the customer in a clear and concise way so that the customer does not feel as if they're being strapped over a barrel. The problem, of course, is we speak a language that they don't necessarily understand. So the first thing to do is to tone that language to a language that people do understand. But secondly, it is a complex thing to talk about. The process is to get to where you need to be to fix that car and not an easy process to follow. But it's very important you try to get that message across. Price the job accordingly. Okay. That's my position and was always my position when operating a garage business. I was just about to say, you come from a trade background yourself, don't you, John? I do, yes. I've run three workshops in a family business. Our position was always to... Be honest, open, communicate with the people, but it was about doing the job right. John clearly has all the right knowledge. He's about to sum up with some final points before we take you to Tino in Surrey. So the first thing to do is have a really clear view on how much existing costs you. How much are your costs? 
because it's really difficult to work out your labour rate if you don't understand how much an hour costs you. And at the Independent Garage Association, we actually have available to our members a labour rate calculator, which when I was back in the garage, I made full use of that. It was quite an eye-opener. An hour cost me more than I thought it did. So that's the first thing. Have a really structured view on how much it costs you to exist. The other thing is to have a clear view on what profit margin you intend to put on your parts. Because if you are ever challenged... It is good to understand how you got to the price you got to. And it makes you consistent because the worst thing is if you've done a job that the costs of things are different to their friend that you did a similar job for. So it's always good to be able to justify your position and how you got to that place. I think it ties in nicely with the communication you were talking about before, especially You talk about the profit margin and keeping it the same for all the parts. Often you wouldn't necessarily want to be in a position where you're explaining your profit margins to your client because that's not done, is it? But if you understand how you got to the price you got to, then it's much easier to communicate where you're at and why you need to be where you're at. And I also have some experience of explaining to customers that, in fact, the reason we've come to the price that we've come to is a completely commercial and sound process. And most people that are clear thinking and understand will, will buy into that. My first one is the trade rate discounts. Don't give them. As a garage, that is what we sell, our labour. All the parts that come with our jobs are byproducts of what we do. So when we're selling to, for example, another independent mobile technician, It's because we have the tools and the skill set to do that job, and they don't. So why should we discount that labour rate for them? Why should they get it at a cheaper price than our average retail customer? You've got to consider also some garages out there specialise in certain things like diagnostics. So a lot of what they do is for other garages. It's not necessarily for the general public. So if 80% of their work is for other garages, that means 80% of their work they're discounting. If we have a problem with the keys, remote keys, I don't expect a discount. I pay the price that I'm told. I don't try and waver, don't try and barter for discount. I accept the fact that it's a specialist skill that we can't do ourselves in-house and we have to pay for it. So... I think what a lot of us do is we'll book work in and we'll come across other little issues that for the technicians, their mindset is just about fixing it. So they'll see a little problem and they'll fix it. Oh, it'll only take me 20 minutes. They'll do it. But what then happens is you create this problem with front of house and the customer when the customer says, oh, that's a bit more than I was expecting to pay. And even though you might then say it's because we came across this and we fixed it for you, that doesn't actually give you authority to do that work. We've had to spend quite a bit of time with the technicians and explaining to them that when you come across these problems, you have to stop what you're doing, come and tell the front of house, and let's get authorization for that work. Because then we can sell it. We can sell it properly. Nine times out of 10, the customers will have the work done. Very rarely do they say no. But you still can't assume that they are going to be happy with extra cost on their bill when you haven't informed them of what it is. And it can be anything. Seize bolts is a prime one that comes up. 
It takes them half an hour, 45 minutes to get it sorted. It needs heating up. You can't just add on 45 minutes to somebody's job without explaining or getting authorization for that. And that's a big one for me. Almost want to be a pest and ring the customer too often. But it's really important to keep them up to date with cost. Thanks, Tina. You'll hear some more top tips from Tina in future episodes. Finally, a bit of fun. After a two-year hiatus during the pandemic, which for enterprising journalists like ourselves was excruciating, believe me, the professional motor mechanic team are back out and about at events. Hurrah! This episode, we're inviting you to join us and Lucas Oil at Santa Pod Raceway. Do you know the place? Well, if you've ever been to Santa Pod before, you'll know how hard it is to record a podcast there, or to conduct a normal conversation, or even to hear your own thoughts. Santapod is a byword for speed and noise. It's still the holder of the world drag racing record with a speed of 386 miles per hour. That's a lot of speed, a lot of noise and a lot of fun. It will come as no surprise to anyone familiar with the vehicles used in drag racing that the oil they use goes under a lot of stress. But don't let me tell you. Let's hear from Nick Good, driver and team owner of NG Motorsport. Nick, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing here today? Yeah, about the team? this is first round of the European Championship and it's only our second meeting of the year. We've been stuck for parts earlier in the year, but we run in the Super Pro class and it's a bracket class where you run to an index rather than the heads up class. And we've had yesterday qualifying, we're currently in fourth place. So yeah, going well this weekend. And can you explain just a bit more detail about what the, what the class means? Yeah, it's for any car that will cover the quarter mile in 8.99 seconds and six seconds flat and it's a handicap racing so it's not the quickest car that's going to win you need consistency and also the skill of the driver on the start line so yeah it's it's a good class a very competitive class we have to in qualifying we predict how quick we're actually going to cover the quarter mile and then run as close to that without going quicker and the numbers are mind-bending (laughs) <laughs> talking about getting the car to cover the quarter mile in that time is the easy part yeah. doing it within we qualified when they're currently sixth and we ran within three thousandths of a second of what we thought we could do but the guys that are number one and number two the guys number one is within one ten thousandths of a second of what he predicted and the other guys are third three ten thousandths of a second so the number you actually talking about we'll argue about what we're going to run and we're arguing over a hundredth of a second it's only when you step back and you think that is a hundredth of a second so to be able to predict this car moving quarter mile within a second is, is the clever bit and that's it thank you to the whole team freya kelly and our producer kirsty thank you to our brilliant and honest guests and most importantly thank you for listening Please remember to put the dates for Mechanics 2022 in your diary. That's Tuesday the 8th and Wednesday the 9th of November 2022 at Sandown Park in Surrey. To register for the event, visit www.mechanics.info. The next episode, we'll be asking, where are the garage technicians of the future? Thanks all. Thanks all.